We feel obliged to do things that feel productive and we often neglect treating our raw creativity, the things that, you know, the editing photos for me, maybe it's making music for you, maybe it's painting for someone else, for a tattoo artist, it might be just drawing, not for clients, not drawing ideas, not communicating with clients, not even tattooing, just drawing for yourself, learning new things. Sounds ridiculous, but you don't prioritize those things. Those aren't something that you sit down and you go, okay, every single day between these times, at this point, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this a system, a part of my day that I carve out and everything else needs to work around this because this is the priority. You're not making it a priority in your day. I noticed that, hell, this is a goal of mine. This is important to me. It's not a priority. It's not something that's part of my day. It's not something that is important enough that I have time carved out for it. And welcome back to episode 30 of the podcast. Episode 30. Episode 30. It's so crazy to... I'll, I'll get onto that because I feel like I've, I feel like today has been overshadowed slightly by the fact that Melbourne has finally come out of the restrictions or at least some of the restrictions that we've had in place for so long and they've given us kind of the next two weeks-ish. So today we had a few restrictions ease and then next week we're having some ease and then the week after that we're having even more ease and it seems like a month from now we're going to be pretty much back to a more normal situation or at least aligned with the rest of Australia and it's I don't know it's it, it's I was saying this to I was saying this to my friend last night I was like it feels awesome to be in Melbourne right now I feel proud to be a Victorian right now like it feels like you know it, it feels really really cool to be in this city at the moment people are so happy going out in public yesterday and this morning people just seem like they had a spring in their step they seem chipper they seem proud and it's kind of like you know at the end of the day what we've been through is tough and i don't discredit anyone for ever sort of sitting back and going hey would the alternative be better hey would i prefer it if we had to just gone said and said screw it let's just see what happens and and opened everything up yes i was of the same opinion i i have gone through plenty of moments where i was sick of it and over it and things just didn't look any better but i think today has kind of come to a, a point where all of the stuff that we've been through everything that's happened this year everything that is everything that's happened over the last hundred plus days of being in the second lockdown feels like it's for something it feels like it's worth something it feels like it's been uh worthwhile at least i know that a lot of people are still struggling a lot of people are still struggling emotionally and financially and everything going on i do know that but i think today you can be proud to be a victorian you can be proud to be in melbourne you can be stoked to be in this city because i think it's going to be a very amazing few weeks coming out of this on the other side because you know although there's been a lot of back and forth from other states there's been a lot of back and forth from other politicians and a lot of the politics going on is such bullshit and although all of that going on and all of though all of that is going on and sometimes it can be a little overwhelming to jump on facebook and all you see is peter credlin fucking spitting her bullshit on sky news and all those people doing whatever they want to do Although that's something that's sort of jammed down your face at the moment, I think we can be stoked that we've got someone like Dan at the helm who is sort of ignoring all of this stuff and and has 
our best interests in mind, even though sometimes those best interests don't perfectly align with what you want in that moment. And and I've been guilty of it too. There have been points where I was like, screw it. I am just going to, you know, I just want to say fuck it and get on with my life. There's been points where I wanted to do that. Of course, I think there's been points where everyone wanted to do that. And that's totally fair enough. And I think that that's part of the sacrifice all of us have made over the last few months and this year particularly. But I think that today and next week and the week after and the rest of this year can be a time where you can be proud to be from Melbourne. You can be proud to be a Victorian and you can be excited for the future. I saw this quote today or I saw this tweet today um, that really summed it up incredibly well because if you're following much of the news, the rest of the world's kind of going back into lockdown now. Italy has announced further restrictions on their quarantine measures or their lockdown measures. The UK is starting to consider going back into lockdowns. Uh, Even Sweden and some of those places are really starting to consider America. Most of America is really struggling with their cases at the moment. India, I've been getting messages from a lot of my followers from India saying that the cases over there are in the hundreds of thousands per day. And it's like, you can be... Although the, although we've been through this and it feels like the rest of the world sort of moved on, I think that what we have been through is kind of, uh, it's similar to, you know, upfront pain. You know, we, we took the brunt of what was coming early so that we don't have to suffer through it later on. And I think that we're finally over that hump or at least we're through to that point where the fruits of our labor are becoming obvious. The fruits of the sacrifices that we've made are becoming obvious. And I saw this tweet um, and I don't know if it's from him. It's from Lachlan Watt. And I don't know if he's retweeting it or whatever it was, but he said that on the same day that Victoria's, and I don't know if this is true. I haven't checked this, but I hope that it's true. But on the same day that Victoria recorded 723 cases back in July, the UK recorded 763. As of today, Victoria records one case and the UK recorded 15,650. Don't ever let the people who called for the end of lockdown forget this. And I think that that kind of showed or at least put into perspective kind of why we've been doing this because I I get it. It's completely understandable to sort of be of the opinion that, you know, why are we going through this when none of the rest of the world is? So you can be stoked to be a Victorian today if you're a Victorian listener. But one of the things that I love that's happened that has kind of become, this is so funny because I'll go for a run on like Monday morning and these will be going on all over the place. It genuinely feels like I'm living back in, when I was in Germany and when I was in Munich, one of the most fascinating things was the fact that people would be drinking steins of beer, like liters of beer at like 9am. And it feels kind of that way in Melbourne right now with boozy picnics. It is so funny. It's becoming like a Melbourne it's almost becoming like a cultural thing here in Melbourne. I think it's going to continue. And it is such an Australian thing. Like, you know, for boozy picnics to become such a prevalent thing where it's kind of like, it's kind of like give people, you know, it's the Australian way to make the best of a bad situation. It's like the government's come along and they've been like, hey, you can't go to the pub, you can't go and watch sport, you can't go and play sport, you can't go to your mate's house, but hey, you can go and catch up with five people in a park. And rather than kicking up a fuss and going like, oh, that's shit and I don't care about the rules and all I want to do is do the things that I can't do, rather than doing all that sort of stuff, as the Australian public here in Melbourne, we've sort of gone and reacted with, oh yeah, that's fair enough. 
yeah, that's okay. All right, well, we'll just make the best of a bad situation, I guess. And all of a sudden, people have really banded together, and it's such a it's such an awesome thing. It's such a bloody Australian thing to just take a bad situation like that, take the rules that you've been given, and make the most of them. And I think that that's such a it's such a cool vibe in this city at the moment. I don't know if you guys are feeling this as well, but whenever I'm on my runs, whenever I'm out in public, whenever I'm going grocery shopping, people just seem to be, people seem to be chippers. People seem to be happy. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about that because I think it's just, it's an awesome time. I want to celebrate episode 30 because I think this is awesome. And I think I'm going to talk about this a little bit because whilst I was on my own boozy picnic on Friday, I was speaking to a friend of mine and a lot of the time, you know, he, he talked about, um, he talked about his journey with a little bit of weight loss this year. And he's someone who's struggled a lot with weight loss in the past. And over the, over the last three or four months, he's lost a considerable amount of weight. And he sort of came to me and we're having this conversation and he talked about how he admired what I was doing with my own uh, training and, and fitness stuff and whatnot and and how he kind of it finally made sense to him because a lot of the times when a lot of the things that I've I do and I, I didn't necessarily notice this and I noticed this recently I was writing a summary because this is something I've started doing and I'll talk about this later but I was writing a summary for can't hurt me the book that I read uh, last week because it's been a great way to really lock in the the lessons I've learned from my books is by writing kind of like a book review that you write when you're in primary school I've started doing that for a lot of the books that I'm reading and whilst I was writing that it kind of became clear to me that it's like it is just a choice. It is just a a decision that you have to make. It is just a a moment where you recognize that anything that you want to do, you know, people are so hesitant to do what they want to do. They're so hesitant to do what they know will be good for them. The same way that I was so hesitant to do something like this podcast or so hesitant to for so long to express myself openly and candidly and just sort of embrace what made me me i think that one of the things that i was super nervous about when starting this podcast is that i don't have any i don't have a psychology degree i don't have that much experience i don't have you know anything that separates me from anyone who has way more credibility in regards to a lot of the stuff that i talk about but I love this sort of stuff. I love this stuff. It's the stuff I talk about with friends. It's the stuff I would be talking about anyway. It's the stuff that interests me the most. It's the stuff that it's the stuff that I think about whenever I'm doing the stuff that I do. And I think that, you know, by just embracing that and just understanding that confidence, uh, confidence, your ability to do something, even just sitting here and talking to camera now, it's all a muscle. Everything that you do is just a muscle. It's just about doing it. It's just about getting the reps in. It never gets any easier. It never ever gets any easier to do the things that you do. It never gets any easier. But one of the things that you notice over time is that it comes back to the this. you're only six months away. You know, if you just decide that you're going to do something, you can become a version of yourself that you don't even recognize in a very short period of time. You know, if I think back to, you know, even the start of this this podcast, it is crazy to think that I was doing YouTube kind of off and on. Let's say I was doing it for 12 months. I got a good 12 months worth of videos under my belt. I think I'd made 120 videos before I ever made a podcast. 
Across those 120 videos, I probably improved this much as far as my confidence talking to camera, my confidence presenting, my confidence doing this sort of thing. But in 30 episodes, and that's 30 weeks, which to be fair is is more than half a year, but in 30 weeks, which is just over six months, my entire rule about you're only six months away. It's like in just over six months, I have become a completely different person, not only on camera, but in my ability to, you know, if you take everything away from this podcast, if you take everything away, and I think this is an important lesson as well, is you're never wasting the things that you do. The things that you do never go unused. It's like any any trial, any attempt that you make, anything that you do, and this is another lesson that came from Can't Hurt Me, the book um, by David Goggins, is kind of like, you know, as long as you learn from your mistakes, as long as you give yourself an AAR or an after action report every single time you do something, you know, you're never, nothing that you do is ever not utilized. It's like, regardless of the fact that we are building an amazing community here on the podcast and regardless of the fact that I feel like the people that listen to this podcast are, are the core, my core audience, the people, every single one of you that's listening to the podcast you know, all the messages that I get every time I have someone tell me that the podcast has impacted them positively or something I've said has resonated with them or even just someone that's like, hey, you know, it was a good listen. <laughs> I just enjoyed, I enjoyed it from start to finish and that's all. Like even on that level, even though all of those things are good and even though it's overwhelmingly been a positive experience, at the very least, I'm a better, I am far more confident than I was at the start of this. I am far more capable of expressing my ideas openly and talking candidly and communicating. I think that's the other thing as well is like I can sit down with a person and do a better job of communicating my ideas to that person just from sitting here and trying to do it to a microphone. And I think that it's kind of an important thing to remember that, you know, if you embark on a fitness journey and even if you don't hit your goal of losing the weight, nothing is nothing is ever unutilized. It's like that analogy of the person who's who's carving stone and he's trying to split a rock and he's got a hammer and hammer and nail and he's just beating away over and over and over again and he hit, hits it hits it 50 times and nothing seems to happen it's just chipping away hits it 100 times and nothing seems to happen he hits it 200 times and nothing seems to happen but then on the 201st time that he hits it the rock splits in two the rock didn't split in two from the 201st time the rock split in two from 200 times and that's kind of like the idea that this podcast has taught me that's the idea that getting to episode 30 has taught me that's the idea of this whole everything that I do in in the sense that you know even though right now in this very moment I'm training to do an Ironman that doesn't discount the last 15 years of my journey playing sport and doing endurance things when I was younger and then going into rowing and then playing sports after school and then just generally taking a few years off and not really doing anything and getting very unfit. It's like it, none of that time is discounted. None of that time is discredited. Nothing I've ever done is not utilized in where I am today. And it's kind of important to remember that because because people are so hesitant to do what they want to do. Nothing. There's no risk if you're willing to learn from your mistakes. There's no risk if you're willing to look at everything as an opportunity to get better, regardless of how that benefits you. You know, maybe you might be trying something 
right now. You might be trying something right now that you're aiming for a very specific goal and you don't reach that goal. You fail. You know, you might fail spectacularly. But hey, two years from now, you might have learned something during this goal that's going to carry you to the next place over there. You know, go get after it. You know, get after it. If there's something that you want to do, if there's something, you know, this has been a long-winded way of me saying get after it. It's been a understandably a very long-winded way of me saying get after it. But get after it. If you are someone who's interested in in doing anything, if you're interested in starting a podcast, if you're interested in, in quitting your job and going full-time on, on social media, if you're interested in starting an online business, if you're interested in whatever it is, like hell, like if you're 25 years old and you've always wanted to do music your entire life, start doing fucking music. If you've always wanted to, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, get after it because it's like, you know, you're only... It doesn't take nearly as much as you might think to get you to a place that's completely unrecognizable. You know, it doesn't take this monumental change and this overnight switch. You know, it just takes showing up every single week for 30 weeks in a row to get you to a place that's completely unrecognizable to where you are today. And that's kind of the lesson that this this podcast has taught me that you you just need to, you know, you just need to put in the time. You just need to put in the time and you just need to get after it. Get after it. Go in with no expectations and, and see what fucking happens. That's all you can do. Let's talk about book club because I have had a awesome week of reading this week. I listened to... Um, I've started... Um, and, uh, you know, quite admittedly, I probably made the mistake of... Anyway, I'll get into it. But I, I listened to The Motivation Myth this week. Who's The Motivation Myth by? Um, it is by... Give me one second. The Motivation Myth by Jeff Hayden, which surprisingly, and I say surprisingly because I read the title, I saw that it was only, it was only a five-hour audiobook, so it wasn't very long. Um, and I was kind of like, mm, this is going to be, you know... You know, it's just going to be a, a, a watered-down version of all the other books I've read. Like The Motivation Myth, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Atomic Habits, uh, a lot of Stoicism that I've read with The Daily Stoic and The Obstacle is the Way and all those sort of books. Um, and even to an extent, you know, some of the, uh, the Subtle Art, for example, a lot of these books cover the idea of motivation. So I saw this title and I was like, you know, Am I really going to get anything out of this book? Am I really going to gain anything out of it? And I got to be honest with you, I was blown away not only by the the way that he talks about motivation, but he also just goes into everything else in life. It's like how you can, you know, how you can use the mentality of action over motivation in the rest of your life, not just in work, but in your relationships, in very specific goals as far as you know, losing weight and all that sort of stuff. And and I thought it was a really, really good good way of boiling down all that information from all those separate sources and putting it into one. So a very good read if any of you are interested in that sort of thing. Very, very good read. I did enjoy it. Um, I made the mistake of listening to the heart, the last half of it on a 90-minute interval ride. Well, not the last half. Oh, no, it was the last half because I listened to my books at two times speed. So I listened to the last half of the book uh, during an interval ride. <laughs> so a 90-minute interval riding session. So I'm a little bit foggy on the second half of the book. 
Um, so I'm probably going to listen to it again this week because, like I said, it's only it's only about six hours. So it took me three hours to listen to the whole thing at two times speed. So I'm probably going to listen to the whole thing again. Uh, but highly, highly recommend it. Really, really do recommend it. I also finally dove into Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. I'm about halfway through it and has been you know, a really, really, really fascinating read. It's been a confronting read. You know, I don't consider myself... I don't... I've never really sat down and and considered myself... Like, I've never been confronted with a situation where I'm like, you have an ego. And when I say ego, I mean in a very very superficial sense, like you have a bad ego. I've never been through a situation where I've obviously sat back and gone, "You, you, this is an issue you need to sort out. But I think this book really breaks it down to the extreme level where it makes you really question everything that you do i'm not going to get into it because i don't think i have the you know the credibility i'm not qualified to talk on ego but maybe in the future i will uh but i highly highly recommend that i highly recommend that book one of the topics that it talked about that i thought was really confronting at least for me especially someone who does social media because i think the very being of the very idea of wanting to do social media implies that you want to be someone because your brand is very linked to who you are. You know, at the end of the day, all I'm doing is posting pretty pictures and giving information via a podcast that's, you know, very much external to me. There's a whole side of myself. There's many sides of myself that you guys aren't aware of, even though I'm very open and candid on this podcast and share a lot. I do share a hell of a lot, but at the end of the day, it is kind of external to me, but I'm the face of that brand. And I think that one of the things that it covered in, or at least it's covered so far um, in Ego is the Enemy is the idea of, uh, and this is one chapter, so please go and read it. Please, please go and read it. But uh, the idea of wanting to be something, wanting to be someone versus wanting to do something. And it's kind of represented these two ideas as antagonistic to each other. You know, you can't, be someone and do something at the same time. If you want to have a genuine impact, you're not necessarily going to be able to be someone, but if you want to be someone, you're not genuinely going to be able to have an impact. And I thought that that was a very, very, uh, very confronting section to read because, you know, I would love to do something or it makes me question whether is anything I'm doing actually having an impact, you know, is as much as I do enjoy the work that I do, is it actually having an impact is it actually doing anything is it actually saying anything is there anything that i have said that is anything deeper than just an image that someone scrolls past or a podcast that someone listens to kind of on the way to work or on their run or whatever you know what i mean and it's a, it's a very i'm not going to get into it because like i said i'm way underqualified to talk about ego i'm also only halfway through the book so i'm not going to get into it but i highly highly recommend it i also want to cover this as well i'm going to make a whole youtube video about this but ali abdal has a whole video on this and if any of you are ali fans amazing amazing youtuber he has a whole video on using notion to properly remember what you read if you are an interested reader please go and check this out i'll probably have it linked in the youtube video if you are in the youtube video and if you are watching the youtube video head over because i cut myself a uh i cut myself a mullet during the week i don't know if you're going to be able to see it because i got my headphones on but maybe i'll show show a little bit for uh for you guys but he made a whole video about his his workflow with using Notion to remember what he reads. Um, And I spoke about it earlier when I said I was using it to really remember. 
it's essentially just a note-taking system. So it's got a, a layout of questions and essentially it's a book review. So it encourages you to every single time you're reading to be more conscious whilst you're reading. So to take notes and to highlight and to really think about how you're going to review the book afterwards. And then it gives you a group of questions as a way for you to summarize the book. And I've found immediately, like I've gone back this morning even, and I went and summarized uh, Atomic Habits and uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it really made me remember, um, it really brought back a lot of the things in the book that I might, might not have remembered if I hadn't have done that. And now suddenly I have this invigorated It's why I'm talking about a lot of the topics from Atomic Habits. A lot, one of the quotes that I said earlier in this podcast was directly from there, the one about the uh, etching away at a stone. It's like, that's from Atomic Habits. I didn't remember that quote until I sat down and did the summary. I'm not going to get into too much detail because I know that not all of you are interested in the book club part of this podcast. But if you are, and you are someone who reads a lot, and you are someone who feels like you sort of finish a book, put it away, and a month later you haven't remembered anything, please go and start doing this because uh, it will help you a lot to consume more of that information and actually digest more of that information. I wanted to talk today on, you know, being a professional, you know, showing up and being a professional because I had a, uh, you know, it kind of comes back to this whole underlying theme of creative inspiration, motivation, and uh, creativity in general. It's like one of the, the things that I think is super important every now and again is is really, really checking yourself against what you're doing, really checking yourself against, are you putting the time in to do the things that you want to do? And not in the sense of, am I being gritty and just getting it done? Am I doing enough? Not in that sense. It's more in the sense of, are you actually are you actually doing enough? Are you actually putting in enough time? Or are you actually giving yourself the time to do what you want to do? Because I think that that's a question that's, not often asked a lot of the time the question is how much time are you putting in not are you giving yourself the time to put in and that'll make sense in a second because you may be mistaking or at least the thing that i've noticed is you might be mistaking creative burnout or a lack of inspiration simply as an inability to make the time for the thing that you're wanting to prioritize or just not prioritizing your goals in general you know are you are you actually making it a priority? Are you actually setting out time? Are you carving out time for you to do the thing that you want to do? I found a an, a wave of creative inspiration lately, especially on Instagram. And I when I say Instagram, I hate saying it because it makes it sound like it's like, you know, Instagram is a, a, a tool. It's, it's nothing more than a tool. But the way I say that, the reason I say that is because the work that I post on Instagram is the thing that I was struggling to create. And that's where my wave of inspiration has come. You could call it photography, but I think it's more so the whole process of, of going about that. Because I still, I you know, regardless of whether Instagram was a thing or not, I would still be doing photography. On Friday night when I went and caught up with friends for a picnic, you know, I took my camera and I spent about an hour or two yesterday editing all of those photos. I took about a hundred photos and they're amazing photos. You will never see them. None of you guys will ever see those photos, but they're photos that I'm really proud of. So it's not so much a photography or a lack of inspiration with photography. It's more so a lack of motivation to do the work that's required to share my work on Instagram. So when I say Instagram, don't take it as in like, 
I don't have the motivation to get on Instagram because that sounds ridiculous. I don't have the motivation or I felt like I didn't have the motivation to create the work that was necessary to share my work on Instagram. Because at the end of the day, you know, my goal is to build an audience from my work because having an audience for my work is is what will allow me to do this at least full time in the future. For a very long time though, even though I have found this new wave of inspiration and I'll speak to how I found this new wave of inspiration because that's kind of the topic or the reason why I wanted this topic at all because it's been a very eye-opening experience. But for a very long time, I felt as though I was stuck in a creative rut. I wasn't enjoying my work and I was feeling as though I never had enough content. I was always feeling like I would... uh, I never had anything to share. I never had anything worth sharing. I never had the motivation to create anything worth sharing. And I just never felt like I was... And the only times I would create was when I had a very specific idea. And those moments were good. Those moments felt amazing. Those moments always felt amazing. And I was I was always excited to share. But those moments felt very few and far between. And for a very long time, I always just saw that as... I just don't enjoy this creative style doesn't fulfill me or my creativity on here isn't fulfilling or I don't enjoy it as much as I maybe once thought I did. And the reason why I decided to make this change was I sat down and I read The War of Art and I spoke about this, uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And in that book, he talks about the idea of turning pro, the idea of treating your work as a creator like a professional. Because I think one of the issues that you stumble across as a creative person, one of the the plagues of being a creator, is this idea that your work is precious, your creativity is precious. It's something that's finite. It's a it's a finite resource. Is this idea? When in reality, it's it's no different to any other form of being a professional. It's no different to anyone else showing up to work. We just utilize a different aspect of our brain or a, gif, a different ability. But it has this underlying air of it's okay if you're not feeling inspired in this moment, which doesn't really happen in any other area. There's no other area of life where if you're not feeling up to it, the okay thing to do is not do that thing. Say, for example, in, you know, if you were a, even on other aspects of my business, if if I'm talking about my finances or, or my finances or accounting or my emails or my sales or handling clients, any of those aspects of my business, whenever I don't feel like doing it, it's irrelevant. (laughs) It's completely irrelevant. Yeah, I might procrastinate on some of those things or I might do things to avoid doing those things or I might leave it to the last minute, but it's never a question of am I feeling up to it? Okay, if I'm not, I won't do it. With my training, on the days where I'm not feeling up to it, I'm excited to train on those days because those days are the most powerful days. The days where you get up and do something regardless of the way you feel, those are the moments that are going to make the good times even better. And it's almost like the opposite of what creative or what you feel as a creative. But when you're a creative person and you don't feel like doing something or you don't feel motivated or you don't feel a surge of creative inspiration in that moment, it's kind of okay. It's kind of you're encouraged to go, oh, it's okay. We'll, we'll come back to it another day. You know, we'll try again tomorrow, which doesn't make any sense to me. And one of the things that I kind of got out of that book, and I highly recommend that book if you are someone. This is this wasn't really in the book, but one of the things that I, I took from this 
is I paired it with uh, Atomic Habits. In Atomic Habits, he talks about systems versus goal setting. And the difference between goal setting and systems is essentially that a goal is giving you the direction, the system gets you there. If the goal setting was the navigation, the system is your car and you driving the car. You know, how are you going to set systems in place to get you to where you need to go? And I took that professional mindset and I was like, how could I implement a system that's going to allow me to create more often? That's going to allow me to create more work. Let's say my goal here was to create more images, to create more often and create more work that I was proud of. How could I set a system in place to do that? So what I did was I ordered my time. I sat down one week and I decided that I was going to figure out exactly how much time I was committing to this. So I tracked everything that I did on a regular week, just a completely normal week, unbiased and without change. I I purposely didn't make any change to that week. I recorded everything that I do and I already planned my week very stringently. I'd used Notion and and Google Calendar and I, I journal and kind of planned my weeks But the weird thing that I noticed, (laughs) and this became so obvious, was that I simply wasn't putting in the time. I wasn't allowing myself the time. And I say allow myself the time because I think that it's this thing where that pure creativity, that, that kind of, and I'm sure there's a lot of you who can relate to this, you have goals around, you know, wanting to create more work for you, wanting to create more work that you're proud of, wanting to create more work that's powerful. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you could go and it's going to feel amazing for you to be really productive and shoot that commercial for that client. But at the end of the day, you've always built the most brand equity. You've almost, you've always made the most progress in your career as a creative when you made the thing that you were really proud of. You know when you make those projects or you make those personal projects or even sometimes it's paid projects. Sometimes it just aligns perfectly and it works really, really well, but those are few and far between. But on the whole, the most powerful moments in your career are always the ones where you've made something that you're really stoked with. And the thing that I noticed was that I just wasn't giving myself the time to do that. I was not making it a priority within my day. I wasn't making a priority in my week. There was never time allocated for me to just sit down and edit photos. There was never time allocated for me to sit down and come up with ideas. There was never time allocated for me to do any of the things that were involved in that process. And so it became pretty bloody clear to me that I wasn't burnt out. I wasn't lacking creative inspiration. I wasn't lacking motivation to do that sort of thing. I wasn't suffering from any of those things. The only thing that was happening here was I just wasn't giving myself the time. I wasn't giving myself enough of an opportunity to put in the time. There was never a moment where that thing was happening. I was mistaking, you know, I was busy and I was doing things that were productive, but it just wasn't part of my week. It wasn't something that I did. And I know this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I know this sounds ridiculous, but I feel like it's a common thread with creatives where we feel obliged to do things that feel productive. And we often neglect treating our raw creativity, the things that, you know, the editing photos for me, maybe it's making music for you. Maybe it's painting for someone else. For a tattoo artist, it might be just drawing random stuff, not for clients, not drawing ideas, not communicating with clients, not even tattooing, just drawing for yourself, learning new things. Those are the things that 
as a creative person, it sounds ridiculous from the outside looking in. And I'm kind of from that perspective. Sounds ridiculous, but you don't prioritize those things. Those aren't something that you sit down and you go, okay, every single day between these times at this point, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this a system, a part of my day that I carve out and everything else needs to work around this because this is the priority. You're not making it a priority in your day. And that was the thing that I noticed. I noticed that, hell, this is a goal of mine. This is important to me. It's not a priority. It's not something that's part of my day. It's not something that is important enough that I have time carved out for it. So I made the change. I made it a priority and I decided that each day, no matter what, unless I was doing something in the morning that required my time, no matter what, each and every single day at the start, and if it's not at the start for extraordinary circumstances, at the end of the day, I have to edit photos for an hour, no matter what. Every single day for an hour, at the start of my day or at the end of my day, I have to edit photos for an hour. Funny thing happened when I did that. Almost immediately, like clockwork, on that first week, all of those feelings of creative burnout, all of those feelings of a lack of inspiration, all of those feelings of uncertainty with my work, uncertainty with my creativity on there, all of those feelings of jealousy for people traveling, all of those feelings of you know, my work and comparing my work to other people disappeared because suddenly rather than being stuck in a feeling of why am I not creating to the output that I want to create at, it was now just a matter of I'm here, I might as well do something with it. You know, I was going to sit down and edit photos for an hour every single day, regardless of how I felt. So I might as well make something of it. All of that disappeared. All of those feelings of anxiety around my creativity completely disappeared. Within a number of weeks, this was, you know, two months ago now, within a number of weeks, I was not only enjoying my work again, I was not only doing it a lot, but now I was focusing on getting better. Now I was focusing on drawing inspiration from new people and redeveloping my style and figuring out ways I can get better. Buying courses. You know, I've been learning on Skillshare about new ways of creating. I've been using Lightroom to a point that I haven't used it in years. I've been trying to really focus on getting better technically and just image-wise. There's so many points that I have progressed through in the last few weeks, not because I'm feeling more inspired, not because I'm feeling more motivated. If anything, I'm the complete opposite right now because I'm stuck in my house. I haven't shot in months. I haven't been able to go out and take photos from my Instagram in months. But just from having access to all of my images, just from prioritizing it as part of my day, just from making it something that is a non-negotiable and treating my work like a professional, suddenly those feelings of creative burnout don't seem to exist anymore. And I'm not denying that creative burnout is a thing. I'm not denying that it it affects a lot of people. I'm not denying that it is something that a lot of creatives really, really struggle with. It is difficult. I have definitely felt periods where there was a period for about six months where I was making three videos a week. At the end of that, I was undeniably burnt out. <laughs> that was burnout. But not feeling like I have enough creativity, not feeling like I have enough inspiration and feeling like I never sit down to create is not a matter of creative burnout or a lack of inspiration. It's a lack of time. It's, it's me not prioritizing that thing in my life. 
I don't know if this topic's going to be <laughs> particularly helpful for anyone. I don't know if it's going to resonate with anyone, but I feel like it's a common thread because a lot of the messages that I get from people on Instagram relate to finding your own style, relate to not feeling motivated, relate to not having enough content, relate to how could I grow my audience or how can I do this or how can I do that? And it's funny, but I feel like it is just a lack of prioritizing it in your own life. It's a decision to make that thing a non-negotiable. And it sounds, you know, it makes sense for something like health and fitness. It makes sense for something like your finance. It makes sense for something, you know, that's not so... Because creativity, it is abstract. It's, It's abstract. It's uncontrollable. It's something that's very organic. It's something that comes and goes at a much faster rate than a lot of other things in life. But by adding that structure to it, by treating it as a non-negotiable, by prioritizing it in your life, by showing up at 9 a.m. every morning, no matter what. I love that quote, the quote from, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in The War of Art. It's like they were interviewing a a writer. I think I've said it on the podcast. It's like they were interviewing a, a writer and they were asking him about writer's block and how he gets through writer's block every single day and he said something along the lines of and i'm paraphrasing here it's like uh i experience writer's block every single day and creativity is often hard to come by but luckily my creativity shows up at 9 a.m every morning and that was something that made it very clear to me is that your creativity might not show up every single day you might show up some days and it's not there but as long as you show up every single day, then you're going to catch creativity every time it shows up. But if you only show up when you're feeling inspired, then the inspiration has to not only create for you, it has to get you there. You know, eliminate the need to, you know, like I've said this so many times, you only have so much willpower that you can use on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. There's only so much willpower that each of us have. So eliminate that decision-making process to even start creating, to start editing photos, to start taking photos, to start drawing, to start painting, to start making music. Eliminate that question. Eliminate that decision out of your life and make it something that is a priority every single day. And then all of a sudden that willpower can be used for all your creativity. When it does show up, you're going to capture it no matter what. You know, the days that the creativity doesn't show up, who cares? You're still going to be sitting there creating. You might not come up with anything brilliant. You might walk away having created nothing, but at least you showed up. And then on the days where it's good, well, then you're at the right place at the right time. And suddenly that luck thing starts to be on your side a lot more. Suddenly you've got more content. Suddenly you're creating more. Suddenly you're enjoying it more and suddenly you're getting better. You know, it seems so simple. This whole topic seems extraordinarily simple. And the more I say it, the more I'm wondering whether this is even going to resonate with people. But I genuinely feel like it is something that creatives subconsciously struggle with, that inability to prioritize their own creativity or their raw creativity as something that can be prioritized in their day. You know, even if it is just for an hour every day or just for two hours every day or just for half an hour every day. It's like the, um, what's his name? Uh, Oh, my God. How am I forgetting his name? Uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> oh my God. Seinfeld. It's like the he described his... Jerry Seinfeld describes it as don't break the chain. 
And he describes it as he, he talks about the fact that he sits down to write jokes every single day, no matter what. And for the first period of time that he did it, you know, you, you get yourself a, a big whiteboard and you mark out all the days of the year or all the days of the month and you just draw, draw an X on every single day that you do it. And over time, it's going to start to become really, really satisfying to not break the chain. It's like with this podcast. If I were to not make an episode, it's going to be really, really shitty of me because I've just done 30 weeks in a row. So the idea of breaking the chain is going to feel pretty shit. It's the same thing with your creativity. It's like if you just prioritize it as something that's part of your day, as part of a non-negotiable, then it's something that you're going to be in the right place at the right time every single time the right place at the right time occurs. So let's say you are someone who's in a position like I was a few months ago or in a position like I have been for most of 2019 where I felt like my... uh, creativity just wasn't there my i was going through a lot of burnout i felt like i wasn't enjoying the work that i was doing and i felt like the opportunities to create or the opportunities where i was coming up with good work were very few and far between how can you get through this if this whole podcast has been i want to give you guys some pointers because i feel like this whole podcast has been very esoteric and very out there and and i'm not quite sure if any of it has sort of hit the nail on the head but i say that every week so who knows maybe it was really really good but how can you take what I've said today and incorporate it into your own creativity? What, uh, Let's say a couple of things that you can start doing tomorrow that three weeks from now are going to completely change the way you feel about your photography or your filmmaking or your music or your drawing or your painting or whatever it is that you do. What are a few things that you can do? The first one is allocate more time to creating. It's the whole idea that I spoke about, the whole idea of being a professional but pencil it into your days carve out that time you know the same way that you would carve out you know my training is a non-negotiable on a daily basis that is something that i have to do no matter what i have to hit my kilometers every single week otherwise i'm not going to get to where i want to go i'm not going to make enough progress on a daily basis treat your creativity the same way even though your creativity is a very abstract thing it's it's very abstract and uncontrollable and it's meant to be that way it's not meant to be controlled but treat it like a professional show up every single day carve out that time and sit down no matter what and do it don't break the chain as jerry seinfeld says write jokes every single day create every single day paint every single day draw every single day at the same time every single day for me it's become a routine that either at the start of my day for an hour or at the end of my day for an hour, only if I can't do it at the start of my day. So let's just say at the start of my day. At the start of my day for an hour, every single day I create, with the exception of Sundays. (laughs) That alone over the last two or three months has completely changed the way I see my work. Because suddenly creative burnout's not a thing. A lack of creative inspiration doesn't fucking matter. Because I'm there anyway. I've got to do the work. You know, I have to do the work regardless of the way I'm feeling that day. So I can hope for creative inspiration. I can hope that it shows up. I can hope that I'm going to create something good. But at the end of the day, I've still got to sit down and edit something for an hour every day. You know, there's some days where I sit down for that hour and all of a sudden it comes up to 9am or 8am or whatever time that I got up. And I've done an hour and I'm really enjoying it. And whatever I needed to do for the rest of the day isn't that important. And I end up doing an entire day of editing photos. On Thursday, that happened. I had something that I had to do in the afternoon. I think I had a couple of meetings and whatever. 
I took the meetings, but for the entire day, all I did was edit photos. I didn't plan on doing that, but I was feeling creatively inspired. And now I've got a bunch of images that I'm really proud of that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have had that be a priority in my time. So allocate more time to the thing that you want to prioritize. You know, it seems so simple. It seems so simple, I know. But make it a priority in your life. If you want to gain followers on Instagram, make it a priority that you're going to create content every single day. You might not post it every single day, but you need to create in order to share the content in the first place. So make it a priority. If you want to lose weight, make your training a priority. If you want to paint more, make it a priority. If you want to be a musician, if you want to do this full time, make it a priority in your life. You know, how much time are you allocating? Really question that. Really audit your time. Really figure out, you know, Am I, am I actually doing enough to say how I feel about this thing? Because a lot of us walk around and we say how much of a, an ambition it is for us to do this full time or how much we'd love for, for this to be something that's a bigger part of our lives in the future. But are you actually doing that? Are you actually representing that ambition? Are you actually doing what's required? And it's not about how much time you're putting in. I genuinely think that a lot of creatives just don't allow themselves the time and maybe it's a fear of failure maybe it's a fear of success maybe it is a fear of you know i i've heard this you know what was it was in the war of art as well there's a great definition of fear of success because i didn't believe in it for a very long time i was like how can you fear success and i need to find that book i I lended the book to a friend i'll have to figure out what that saying was but genuinely you know there may be that fear there there may be that sort of subconscious fear not allowing you to fully embrace prioritizing that aspect of your life number two is just create the work you enjoy not what others want to see i've given this piece of advice to a lot of my friends uh who are creatives it's like prioritize the shit that you actually enjoy prioritize creating work that you enjoy creating prioritize creating work that you want to see i think a lot of people get caught in a style or in a genre or in a theme of what works or what they think their audience wants to see and that only fights against that creative muscle it only fights against that ability to sit down and create one of the things that i've just embraced in the last few months is if i want to sit down and edit a portrait i'm gonna sit down and edit a portrait if i want to take some self-portraits i'm gonna take some self-portraits if i want to sit down and i want to edit something in this color over this color i'm gonna do that i don't give a fuck and one of the things that that's done for me is created this level of freedom with my creativity that like i said you've only got so much willpower in a day Are you going to force yourself into a box and force yourself to create in this style or are you going to embrace your creativity? Because like I said at the start of the episode, unrelated to this topic, you know, nothing that you do is wasted. Nothing that you do is ever wasted. There's always ways that what you learned over here might help you over here. So allowing yourself to fully embrace every aspect of your creativity is only going to make your your taste for it stronger, your ability to do it stronger, your technical ability stronger. It's only going to help you. So embrace it fully. Just do what you enjoy. Number three is build an inspirational catalog or a journal of creatives or their work that you really, really enjoy. This one helped me a lot. This one really, really helped me a lot. I just 
figured out exactly whose work I really, really admire. You know, we've all got those people that we look at our work and then we look at their work and we can't seem to figure out why their work just looks so much nicer than ours. Figure out what it is. You know, take their work, put it into a journal, put it into a document, put it into a a panel of images on your computer and study them. You know, I love the idea of of whenever I see a, a film that I really like, you know, going through that film frame by frame, really assessing why that person did the way did the things the way they did, why they shot it from this angle, why they made this transition, why they color graded the way they did, why they used this music, what they used at specific points, how it's structured from start to finish, all of those things. You can do that for an image. And I did do that for an image. I took a whole bunch of my favorite creators' images and I figured out how they go together, what colors are used, what colors aren't used, how they did what they did and really deconstructed those things that made those images great and then figured out how I could incorporate into that, how I could incorporate that into my own work. And that process not only inspired me because I was looking at work that I really admired, but it inspired me because it was challenging. It challenged me creatively. It made me learn a new skill. It made me figure out things that I otherwise wouldn't have figured out. It got me out of my bubble of my own work because when you've been creating in your own style for so long, when you're not paying attention to other people, then you sort of caught in this feedback loop of creating in the same way every single time. Now, there's two ways to do this. You can either have friends who tell you when something's shit and when something's not or tell you how to improve on something or learn specifically if or learn specifically from someone else, or you can do what I did and learn from them without them being involved. Take their work, put it into a big document and study their work. Try to get better. You know, the challenge alone is going to help you tenfold. So I hope you've enjoyed this. I think I'm going to leave it here because like I said, I also don't know how long I've been going for. I think I had a massive intro at the start of this, but I hope it made sense. I hope it did. I say this every week, but I do hope it made sense because it feels a little abstract. Uh, It feels like the point sounded better in my head than it came out in person, but I'm confident that it probably sounded okay. It probably came across okay, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed it nonetheless. I've said this over and over again, and I'm going to continue saying it until I'm blue in the face and you guys are... completely sick of listening to me but the number one thing you can do to support this podcast is to share it with a friend i get messages every single week from people telling me that they shared it with their friend or from their friends telling me that someone shared it to them and i'm so excited to hear that the numbers are increasing every single week i think last week's episode episode 28 so not 29 got the most views in a week out of every episode we've ever released which is amazing to see and i'm so stoked that so many people are enjoying this so thank you so much but the number one thing you can do to continue supporting this podcast is to share it with a friend you know i'm not your dad though you don't have to do anything (laughs) i tell you to do and i'll speak to you guys next week